Good morning, church. How are you? That's an oldie but a goodie, isn't it? Think about this, church. Your sin, my sin, not some of it, but all of it, was nailed to a cross, and we bear it no more. Amen, church? Are you thankful for Jesus this morning? Are you thankful that he washed you white as snow? I'm thankful for the forgiveness of Jesus. I need it every day. Well, my name is Luke, one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel, and we we're thrilled that you're with us this morning. Uh, we're right in the middle of our sermon series called God's Design. And if you remember last week, we talked about marriage. So we started with humanity. We, we talked about men. We talked about women. We brought them together in holy matrimony, and we talked all about the husband-wife roles in Scripture. I hope uh, marriages in the room that yours was blessed, that yours was challenged, that there was some conviction there, that there was a little encouragement there. I don't know about your life group, but our life group was, was full of wonderful discussion about how men, uh, we, could, we could do better in our roles and how women could do better in their roles. And, and, I, and I hate to say the word better, right? Because the, the Christian life is not about being better. It's about being covered in the grace of God. Amen, church? Oh, but he, he asked us to step into obedience and, and to do what he's asked us to do. And so I pray that your marriages uh, are, are blessed by the, the reading, the teaching of God's word. Uh, this weekend, uh, several couples from Holland Chapel went on a marriage retreat. Give them a round of applause for investing in their marriage. Uh, I think it was a wonderful time. It's a relaxed setting where they can receive some encouragement, uh, a little bit of teaching, just some time away uh, to invest in their marriages. But it's been a wonderful sermon series. Last week was great, but we're, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about parenting this morning. Uh, uh, parents, are you ready? No, <laughs> I heard like, no, I'm just not. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Uh, but this morning, God's design for parenting. Raise your hand if you're a parent. Oh, wait, uh, leave them up. Leave them up. Leave them up. Let's do something. Uh, look around the room. Look around the room. There's a lot of parents in here. Parents that raise their hand, you can put your hands down. Parents that raise their hand, do you need the grace of God in your parenting? Let me hear it. Yes, we all desperately need help in this journey called parenting. Whether you're an old uh, parent, like your kids are raised, maybe you've got grandkids, or, or maybe you're right in the thick of it right now, I, I believe that the Word of God has something for you this morning. And, and before we really dive in, I'm going to speak to a group of people this morning. Uh, you, you may be out there thinking, well, I've, I've raised my kids. I raised my hand because I'm a parent, but they're out of my house. Now I've got grandbabies. I, I want to encourage you, don't check out this morning. Don't check out. Uh, the Word of God has something for you. And, and by the time that we're done today, you, you may be thinking to yourself, I, I, I dropped the ball. I, I messed up. I really wish I could go back in time and, and, and redo some of this. W listen to me. If you raised your hand, uh, your time to be a godly parent has not ran out. It's not ran out. So you, you can always uh, love your kids. You can always invest in your grandkids. You can model for them godly parenting as long as you have breath in your lungs, so please, if you have kids that are out of your house, don't check out this morning. 
But I struggled uh, on, how to, on how to open uh, this sermon this morning. I thought, man, what could I say? What story could I present? What could I do this morning to, to engage, to, to, to bring all the parents, to hook them, to, to, to bring them in to our discussion this morning? Because like the first five minutes are so important. If I lose you here, I'll never get you back. So I thought, well, what am I, what am I gonna do? And then it hit me. I'm gonna pose a question. Parents, tune in. You with me? Look at me, moms and dads. And I want you to answer this question when I ask it. Do you love your children? Yes. Mm, I'll say it again. Do you love your children? Yes. yes. And that fact, and that fact alone, should drive us towards being the very best parents that we can possibly be. And that's demonstrated through, uh, through our parenting, right? Like, because we love our kids, we, uh, we do all of this. We, we sacrifice time. We sacrifice money. If you got little girls, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you just sacrifice. So, like, you, you want to give them the world. Like, you want to do everything you possibly can to be the best parent, don't we? But none of that matters if you don't parent God's way. None of that matters if you don't rest in the design that God has for your parenting. And listen to me, church. I believe with all my heart that God has a design for your home, that God has a design for your family, that God has a design for your parenting. But sin gets in the way, doesn't it? Maybe, maybe we don't know what that looks like because we did not have that modeled for us. Maybe we were raised in a home uh, that wasn't spirit-led. Maybe we were raised in a home where, where God was not a part of it. Maybe you came to, to, to faith in Jesus later in life, uh, maybe after you even had kids, and, and now you're trying to play catch-up. You're, you're like, I, I just, I'm struggling. I'm sorry, I don't know what this looks like. Or, or here's another scenario. Maybe you were raised in a godly home. Praise God for that. And, and you had great parents, and now you're like, man, I had such a great standard. I want to, I just don't want to mess up. They did such a good job. I just want to do the very best I can to make them proud, to raise my kids the way that I was raised. And, and we have so much pressure on us as parents. But regardless of what perspective you're bringing into parenting, each of us are bringing in a perspective to parenting. And if we're all honest in here this morning, we need help. So I want, to, I want to ask another question. Do you feel the weight of parenting? you feel the weight of it? Like I'm in the thick of it right now, and, and I feel the weight of, of parenting every day. Like this thought that, that comes over me and in my home is just like I've got, I've got one shot. Moms and dads, listen, we've got one shot to get it right. Do you want to get it right? Oh, man. So we've got this burden, we've got this weight, we've got this responsibility that we feel as parents. And so this morning, it's a plea for all the parents in the room to wake up and let's look and see what the Word of God has for us. I believe that God has a design for your parenting. Let's look at it. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going we're gonna to read there and we'll get some instruction, moms and dads. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9. This is a plea to be obedient to the commands of the Lord, written uh, to God's people. It says, listen, O Israel, 
The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. If you're a parent in the room, you want to be a parent, highlight that. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This morning... The bulk of our message, we're we're not working through that particular passage of Scripture. It's a beautiful one. And if you've got a family, I encourage you, memorize that passage of Scripture. Make that your anthem in your home. What God is telling the the people of Israel is to teach the commands within the home. And I love love the phrasing here. He he basically says, in in whatever phase that your life is in, whatever your life is doing at that moment, make it. God, a priority in your home. That's what he's saying. And so for for those of us that that have a home, we have a family, we've got a spouse, we've got kids, what God is telling us that, that his design for our family is that his commands be central to everything that happens within the home. Do you believe it, moms and dads? It's a tall task, a big order, but he asks us Parents to rise to the occasion and elevate his teachings within the home. So let's do something real quick. Let's define the family and the home. What, what does God what does God say like this is for? It says that the family was designed by God to reflect him. If you'll notice, that's a theme in our series. Like everything we do reflects his glory and the love within the Trinity. That's why the family unit was started. Go all the way back to the garden. Adam and Eve had kids. Everything there was designed to reflect God in the perfect love that we see within the family unit of the Trinity. That's the purpose of the home. That's the purpose of your family. Big question. Moms and dads, I want you to wrestle with this right now. Is your home right now, is your home, big question, is your home right now reflecting his glory And is it a demonstration of the love found within the Trinity? Perfect unity, perfect love. Like, like is is our home an image of what God intended it to be? That's a sobering thought. It's a sobering question. But much with this this sermon series, we learned that God has an initial design, but, but sin comes into the world and it throws that design all off. So if we are to look at the family unit, if we're to look at marriage, if we're to look at parenting, like, like man, it's just, this is such a struggle. We've got, we've got split homes. We've got, we've got broken homes. We've got, we've got mom that's trying hard, dad that's trying hard, a mom that's not, whatever. Like we, we've got sin that enters into the equation. And, and it wants to do nothing more than to throw off your marriage. It wants nothing more to throw off your parenting. But God has a design for your parenting that the home would be a, a demonstration of the glory of God. So ask yourself that question, is is my home that way right now? 
So we've defined the family. It's to, it's to reflect the glory of God. Let's, let's talk about what the family is not real quick because I think we need to discuss that. We need to look and see what the family should not be because if we're honest, we, we come to this room, many of our perspective, many of our upbringing, uh, like we, we try to correct the wrongs, we try to overcorrect maybe how we were raised or whatever it is, and we have a... Um, we have a distorted image of what the family should be. We have a distorted image of what parenting should be. So this won't be on the screen. I want you to write this down, though, moms and dads, that, that, that your family, let's interject children, because today we're talking about parenting. You, you, your family or your children should not be an idol. You with me? You, your family should not be an idol. What are you talking about, Luke? Like, like, I love my family, I love my wife, or I love my husband, I love my kids. Like, I want to give them the world like they're everything to me. I'm not arguing that. I, I love my wife. I love my kids. Like, with everything that I have, but if we're not careful, we, we make our families an idol. Like, we elevate them above God. And we've got to be very, very, very careful. I want you to go to Luke chapter 14. Before we start reading, I, I, I want to I warn us that so many times we try to overcompensate for the things that we maybe didn't experience growing up or maybe we wish our parents would have done or we try to correct all the wrongs. And when this happens, we, we, we're flirting with disaster potentially. So I, I want to warn us this morning that, that family should not be an idol. Yeah, we're elevating parenting and family today, but not above God. Luke chapter 14, let's pick up in verse 15. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guest, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. And another said, I, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. That would be equivalent to a new car, whatever it is. Please excuse me. Verse 20, and another said, here it is, context for today, I just got married, so I can't come. What is Jesus doing in this moment? Jesus says an invitation has been extended to join the kingdom of God, to jump into what God has for you, so much so that he sent out messengers, hey, there, there's something that you're not going to want to miss. Like, it, it's, it's awesome. It's a banquet. It's, a, it's, it's the kingdom of God, church. Are you with the illustration? And then Jesus tells a story about all these excuses that come up. I can't because of this. I can't because of this. Then we get to the, the last one, and this guy, what he does, immediately, he was just married, he throws his family under the bus. He says, God, I cannot do what you've asked me to do because family. And I just wonder, if, if, we're, if we're honest with ourselves this morning, how many times our families become the excuse for missing out on what God has for us? Here's the sad reality. 
It's a sad reality for so many homes and families. The very institution, the family, that God created to reflect his glory, Satan uses it to distract us from the kingdom. So be careful, moms and dads. I know it. Oh, I know it. I'm right there with you. We, we want ball games, don't we? We want tournaments. We, we want nice clothes. We, we want activities with friends. We want everything that we can possibly give our kids. We want vacations. We want time away. We want all of this stuff, but not, listen to me, church, not at the sacrifice of what God has asked us to do. Is your family an excuse? Are you missing out on what God has for you because family. Now here's the trick of Satan. Are you with me moms and dads? Here's the trick of Satan. Doesn't it sound good to blame it on family? That's a pretty good justification, isn't it? God, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to make church a priority. I'm not going to make this a priority. I'm not going to make this a priority because my family, like I'm supposed to love my family. Like that they're important to me. Sounds good. But it's not an excuse. I'll prove it to you. Luke chapter 14. Verse 26. Jesus says this, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Now, what in the world, Pastor Luke, does Jesus really say, I got I to gotta hate everyone else? I want you to look at the text. By comparison, hate everyone else. This literally translates love less. What Jesus is saying, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow after me, if you want to be obedient to everything that I've asked you to do, you've got to love everything else, everyone else. Yes, mom and dad, even your kids, Less than me. That's what Jesus says. And you're thinking, I'm, I'm struggling. He's it. He's Lord. He saved you. He changed you. He's King Jesus. He's over you. So everything else is brought into submission on his behalf. Like, like family's not an idol. Family's not the priority. He's the priority. It's going to be on the screen. I want you to write this down. You love your family the best when you love Jesus the most. Oh, mom and dad, did you hear me? Take a picture, write that down, hang on to it. You love your family the best when you love Jesus the most. That's what he's asking of us, parents, moms and dads in the room. If we're going to parent his way, if we're going to step into God's design for our family, for our parenting, he's supreme. He's supreme. And our family submits to him with our time. Oh, listen to me, mom and dad. I, I spoke to one of my dear friends this past week. The last three weekends, he, he's gone down to, to Florida for baseball. He's gone down to South Texas for baseball and another state this coming weekend for baseball. They're 12 I love him to death. But wow, 
Like we, we sacrifice time, we sacrifice energy, we sacrifice money, we do all of this stuff. We, we, we're, we're elevating our families above God. Oh, parents, may God help us, right? I've been there, I know the struggle, we're gonna talk more about it in just a second. But he's supreme. We love our families the most by loving him the best. Families should not be an idol. God has a plan, this Deuteronomy 6 mindset. So moms and dads, let's dive in real quick to what that looks like to parent God's way. So the first thing that I want you to write down, you with me, moms and dads? The first thing I want you to write down is godly parenting helps shape your kids' beliefs. That godly parenting, by design, is there to shape your children's beliefs. That's what God wants, mom and dad, from us, from our homes. Let's read Colossians chapter 2, 6 through 8. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will go strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Verse 8, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. You, you with me, mom and dad, in a home. In a home, in a godly home, in, in godly parenting environment, it's our, our responsibility and our priority to shape our children's beliefs. In a gospel-centered home, Christ will be elevated, the gospel will be elevated, the, the word of God will be elevated. Our children will know where we stand and their beliefs will begin to grow within the godly home. But I understand this, moms and dads, I really do. More than, you, more than you realize. Remember, I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. You're like, yeah, yeah, Luke. Like, I, I know that I need to, I need to shape my, my child's beliefs in Scripture and, and on the gospel and, and, and in the Word. But moms and dads, have you ever, have you ever asked God this question or, or, or somebody this question? Um, I don't know how. Help me. Like, have you ever been there, mom and dad? Like, I just don't know how. Like, I, I hear you, you, you preach on it. I, I see Bible studies and life groups and all this stuff about, about being a godly parent and teaching my kids. I just don't know how. It, like, it's overwhelming. It's intimidating, isn't it, mom and dad? It's, it's so intimidating. But here, here's the warning. Either you step into what God has for you and at least try, or the world's going to teach them. And you're not going to like what the world teaches them. It's going to be totally different than what the scriptures say. So here's what we do when we say, I don't know how, I'm intimidated, um, I, I just, I don't know how, like, it, it's just, it's, it's beyond me. You're like, well, I'm going to bring them to church. I'm going to bring them to church. Like, uh, you know, at least, uh, I wasn't raised in church, so that's, that's the least I can do is just get them to church. Like, if I give them there on Wednesday night, and here's the deal. HC Kids, wonderful ministry. Is it not church? I want to hear something on that one. Like, it's great. It's great. They do a wonderful job. Student ministry, wonderful ministry. Amanda and Grant do a wonderful job with students and children here at Holland Chapel. It's a blessing. Isn't it a blessing to drop your kids off Sunday morning and know they're being fed the word of God? Isn't it a wonderful thing on Wednesday night for your kid to show up and know that they're being fed the word of God? Oh, man, it's great. Those are wonderful things. But listen to me, Mom and Dad. 
those should not replace what should be taught in your home every day. If we're lucky, we get your kids on Sunday and Wednesday. They're in your home every day. Mom and Dad, listen to me. It is your responsibility to teach your kids. What Amanda does, what Grant does, should only be supplemental. It is your primary responsibility to shape the beliefs of your children, to allow their roots to grow down into Christ. Big question, though, Mom and Dad. You can't teach what you don't know. Mom and Dad, are, are you living in such a way? Are, are you in such obedience to Christ that your roots are growing into him? Is your faith a priority within the home? You, you see, your parenting should just be an overflow of what God is doing in your heart and in your life, what you're learning, what, what, what you're growing in, in in faith. Like that overflows to your kids. You can't teach what you don't know. So moms and dads, is your faith growing down in to the roots of Christ? Is your life being built on him? Why is this such a big deal? Go to verse 8. Why is teaching our children such a big deal, letting their faith grow down into him, so that no one can capture your children with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense from the world? Either you teach them, mom and dad, or this lost and messed up world will. Don't think because you're tired and, and, and you don't want a parent that the world's going to leave them alone. Satan doesn't stop. And he wants your kids. He wants your kids. So mom and dad, your home, your parenting is where their beliefs grow and are founded. I know it's a tall order, but really the big question for that point is, mom and dad, is your faith growing? Is it rooted? You see where you're at, your children will model. The second thing that I want you to take away from this is that godly parenting helps shape their identity. Godly parenting helps shape your child's identity. I was talking to a school administrator at a big school uh, just before I preached the, the, the first sermon. We were, we were going over this, and he says, I see this every day. I see it every day. We've got a lost generation of students who have no idea whose they are. It's not been shown in the home. It's not been elevated in the home. And they go out into the world and they have no sense of identity. Moms and dads, can you remember what that was like? Can you remember right around like the, the, the puberty age and how tough that is? And, and you're just like, I, I'm just trying to, trying to figure myself out. And, and we see so many students go wrong at that juncture in their life. And, and that may be even within a godly home. Imagine a lost world, what it wants to do with a child who has no sense of identity. I think that's why we're in the, the state of chaos that we're in. It's because students, kids, like, they have no sense of identity. Moms and dads, that, that's, your, that's your responsibility. Let's look and see whose we are in Christ. 1 John 5, 18 through 20. It says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God. Big deal. And the world lies in the power of the evil one. 
And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. Underline this. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He's the true and eternal life. Moms and dads, it's paramount that you teach your kids whose they are in Christ. It shapes their identity. I remember uh, when, when my oldest was beginning to, to comprehend things and then even have the language skills to tell us what she was comprehending. It's a beautiful stage in parenting. Can you remember that, moms and dads, when they can, they can finally say what they're feeling? And, and, and little, little Brenda, she came home, and I, and I said, what did you learn today? And she said, I learned that God created everything, even me. Moms and dads, do you remember teaching your kids that? That he created the trees, he created the stars, he created the mountains and the birds. And you, you remember going all of that, that elementary stuff with your kids and then saying, oh, he created you. I'm afraid that we've got a generation of people that don't know that they were created by a holy God. Back to week one, humanity. That God created them. And he loves them, and he sent his son Jesus to die for them. This begins to develop that identity for your child that they won't seek in anything else other than Jesus. This helps them. It's paramount. It's a kind of a lengthy statement, but I want you to hang on to this. Take a picture, write it down. Knowing who we are through the gospel is the most necessary and practical truth for flourishing in this messed up world. Your children need to be reminded. I'm going to say this, church. Are you, are you with me? Your, your children need to be reminded whose they are on a daily basis. Because if your kids go to school like mine, the world does not stop. It wants them every day. And they need to be reminded by mom and dad whose they are. You're, you're my child. You're, you're my little girl created in the image of God for a special purpose in this world. God loves you. Remind your kids that every day. Let them know whose they are. It's crucial that they have an identity rooted in the gospel and whose they are in Christ Jesus. The third thing, moms and dads, is godly parenting helps shape their character. Godly parenting helps shape their character. Who, who they are, what they value, uh, what they love, what they don't love. Uh, in, in many homes, uh, it's really important that they, they cheer on a certain football team. Dallas Cowboys, let me hear you. We're strong over here. Thank you. Within the home is where character is shaped and it's modeled. I, I want you to hang on to this. It's going to be on the screen. Habits that are formed and fostered at home determine our character. Did y'all hear that? Habits that are formed and fostered. There, there's the other part. Formed and fostered. And they, they, they mean a lot to us as we grow older. They really are a big part of who we are. Let's think about this for a second. Guys, what kind of truck do you drive? Is it your daddy's brand? Is it your grandpa's brand? You're like, no, they drove Fords and I got tired of breaking down. <laughs> I said it. I said it. Like a rock. You're like, you drive a Toyota, man. What are you talking about? 
Habits that are formed and fostered within the home are a big deal to who we become. Do you believe that, church? Whether we like the habit or not, it has a lot to do with who we become. So is, is godly character being modeled? Is it being demonstrated within the home? Are the habits that you have within your house healthy? Are the habits that you have within your home, here I say it, godly? Because your kids, listen to me, if you don't believe me, woo, wake up. Your kids are watching. Your kids will do what you do. They'll cheer on who you cheer on. They'll drive what you drive. They'll say what you say. They'll do what you do. Godly character is shaped in the home. Big responsibility, moms and dads. Let's look. Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many parents in the room wish that your child came out of the womb doing all of these? Anyway, and mom and dad, you with me? Like, oh, I just wish, right? Mom and dad, are you demonstrating these for your kids? You see, we, we want so much out of our kids, maybe that we're not even doing ourselves. Like, if we, want, if we want godly character for our children, are we modeling that for them? Like, you may argue, well, look, the Holy Spirit produces these things in my child's life. Absolutely. But they are to be modeled by you, who hopefully is living within the Holy Spirit. Do your children see peace in the home? Do your children see love in the home? Do your children see gentleness and patience? Oh, mom and dad, patience. Do they see self-control? Your children are going to model what they see. Are you modeling the fruits of the Spirit for them? You, you see, that's shaping their character and who they are. They are watching you, but I think this needs to be said as well. Discipline within a godly home should be elevated. Everybody got quiet. They're like, dude, it's 2023. We're like millennial parents and whatever the other generation is these days. Like, oh, what, are we, what are we supposed to do? Like, can I touch my kid? Do I put him in the corner? What do I do? You feel, you feel the tension, moms and dads? If we're, if we're honest, moms and dads, discipline, when it comes to disciplining our children, it terrifies us, does it not? We're like, well, what do I do? I was whooped growing up, and I don't want to do that with my kids. I remember. I was coming home from Branson. My dad pulled over. Go find you a switch, boys, on the side of the highway, in front of the world to see, on the hood of a car. Y'all are like, man, you were, you were beat as a child. How many, how many were raised like that? Come on. Maybe we need a little more of it. I said it. I said it. Discipline should be elevated in a godly home. Let's look and see what Scripture says. Proverbs 29, 15, we'll jump down to 17. To discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. Verse 17, discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. 
Now, mom and dads, trust me, I, I'm not making light of this subject. We, we like to joke because it, it's, it's a touchy subject, isn't it? Like you've got your way of disciplining, they've got their way of disciplining. It's kind of like politics, let's don't talk about it because I think maybe your way's wrong, my way's right, vice versa. Uh, it, it's, just a, it's just a touchy topic. I'm not telling you how to discipline. I could put a couple passages of scripture on the screen that shows us the, I believe, the method to discipline, but I don't want you to throw stuff at me. Regardless of your philosophy on disciplining your children, that's between you and the Lord to get wrestled out. Discipline. He, he asked that of you. And here's the deal, mom and dad. Discipline should hurt. When God disciplines you and I, do you feel it? It hurts. I, I'm not saying that, that every time they mess up, you whoop them. I'm, I'm not saying like physical pain. But they should know that they are being disciplined. But moms and dads, can we have just real talk for a second? If you're in the thick of it, mom and dad, real talk, we get tired, don't we? We get tired. It's been a long week. I've dealt with stuff at work. My boss is crazy. Got to pay the bills. It's difficult. You're stressed out. You're not demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit. When you get home, you've, your kids are acting an absolute fool. Daddies, they've been giving mama a hard time for two hours, and she's begging you to come home to make things right, and you're just tired. And the last thing you want to do is discipline. And if we're honest, one of the most important things in parenting, we sweep under the rug. We'll get to it later, maybe let them cool off, let them think about it. Don't you love that? When has a child ever had a good thought about anything, right? Like they're going to come to their senses. No, they're eight. They're not. But here's the deal. We get tired, we get frustrated, and we have lost the righteous, holy act of godly discipline. We put a screen in their face, and we say, we'll deal with you later. Because we're too tired and or lazy to parent our children, to discipline our children. Our children are being raised by screens, not by mom and dad. Listen, mom and dad, may we repent. May we ask God for forgiveness. May we ask God to fill us with his grace and, and, and energy and strength to do what he's asked us to do. Because parenting is difficult. Listen to me. When we want to take a break, Satan's not taking a break. Parenting is a big deal. And we have no days off. Well, this is encouraging, isn't it? We have no days off, Mom and Dad. We got to stay with it. I know, it's tough. But godly character is developed within the home, not by an apple chart in your kid's classroom. That's for you, Mom and Dad. The fourth one, godly parenting helps establish their purpose. Godly parenting helps establish the purpose for your child. Now, I want nothing more. If you're like me, we said, hey, do you love your children? Everybody's like, yes, we love our kids with our whole heart. 
I want nothing more than my little girls to, to grow up and be successful in whatever it is that they decide to do. Right, moms and dads? Don't we want that? We want them to be successful. We want them to be happy. We want their life to be good. We want them to be good husbands, good wives, good, good parents. Like We want all that out of our children. But none of that stuff matters if we don't parent with a godly purpose. It doesn't matter how successful they are. I, I, I've talked to so many dads. I, I, just, I don't want them to be broke. I want them to be financially stable. I want them to do whatever they can to earn a living, right? Your daddy told you that? I want to parent in such a way that God is honored by what I'm doing. That he is pleased with the direction that I'm pointing my children. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Let's read this with the question, what, what purpose? What purpose are we establishing for our kids? King Solomon, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear, uh, here's the answer, highlight it. Fear God. And obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. Fear God, obey his commands, that reverent awe of who God is and the desire to obey when he speaks. Moms and dads, that's, that's parenting with a purpose, making sure our children understand this. What grounds do we have to, to listen to this? It's the word of God, but let's look and see who, who wrote it. King Solomon, the wealthiest man probably to ever live, and probably the wisest man to ever live. He, he asked God, Lord, Lord, give me wisdom, and God gave him wisdom and discernment like no other that we see in Scripture. And he says, I'm going to go on this tirade, really, if we're honest. Like he's, I'm going to figure out what's important in life. Why is that a big deal for a rich guy to do that? Because there were no limits. There were no limits to the things that he could chase down and pursue. And after he had done this full circle pursuit of what really matters in life, this is what he says. Here's my conclusion. When it's the wisest guy and the wealthiest guy, you, you tune in when he says, here's my conclusion. And he says, none of this other stuff matters. The only thing that matters is to fear God and do what he says. So mom and dads, if we want to summarize this whole thing for us today, we parent with that purpose in mind, to teach our children to love the Lord, to have a reverent awe and fear of who he is, and to do what he says. That's what I want out of my kids. They can be whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. It's, I hope all that's great. But at the core of it, obey God and fear him. If they do that, all that other stuff will take care of itself, right? So moms and dads, big question, what, what are we doing? What are we doing within our homes to elevate this godly purpose? To elevate God and who he is, what he's done for us. And then ultimately to do what he asks of us. I'm going to flip it. We're going to flip it and then we're going to pray and we're going to get out of here. Mom and dad. Do you fear God? Now, I'm not talking about like being scared of him. It's not what this means. Do you revere who he is? In that, you fear him. Like, do you, do, do you really revere God Almighty? And that within your home, do, do you do everything you possibly can to be obedient to everything he says? 
If you do that, we can take encouragement from the Word of God. If that's elevated within the home, our children will see it and they'll model it. And ultimately, God will receive the glory, Mom and Dad, for us doing the very best we can. Isn't that what we want? Raise your hand again. I want to see it if you need the grace of God in your parenting. We're all in desperate need of it. We've got one another. Lean into what God has for us. And may we step into God's design for parenting. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it brings. Some of it's difficult. Some of it is hard to process. But God, we ask you this morning to invade every home, to help every parent. God, if we were just honest before you, our shortcomings as parents, they are many. There's not a perfect parent in the room. And so, God, we need your grace. We need your forgiveness on those tough weeks where maybe we're guilty of checking out. Forgive us, Lord. And give us the strength, the patience, the endurance to not give up. The souls of our children depend on it. May we be mighty parents that are parenting in a way that honors you. It's going to look different than the world. And that's all right. That's the way we want it. Help us, God. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus. It's in him we have forgiveness of sins. His precious name we pray.